friends, welcome back to the Sunny and 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today we are joined by a friend of mine, Jake Peterson. This combo was such a blast, and I learned so much from Jake. We chat about getting people's phone numbers, missiology, doxology, theology, and so much more. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Um, I already was like, okay, I need like I feel like I am every conversation but I'm like I need to start recording because I just want to talk to Jake and hang out with Jake and I actually wanted to be recording the things that I asked Jake so Jake welcome to the podcast thank you we have been growing our friendship for the last couple years yeah yeah um we both go to Providence I'll let Jake share more about himself but yeah we Jake's one of my friends and I feel like our friendship continues to grow and blossom so Jake tell us the quick gist about yourself yeah, yeah. Grew up in Blair, Nebraska, the land flowing with milk and honey. <laughs> uh, moved to Omaha for college to go to UNO. And yeah, got plugged into college ministries very quickly and met Andrew Rutten, uh, who's been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And he was my college pastor. And so when him and my mentor, McGill, came to plant Providence, I came with them. And now I do college ministry at Providence. Wait, I don't think I knew that you were a part of City Light U, how'd you get involved there? So we were praying through, so moving from Blair, three of us, uh, my two best friends, Colt and Trevor, moved to Omaha, moved on to UNO's campus, and we were saying, okay, there's 808, there's City Light U, there's a third ministry that we hadn't heard uh, too much about, but we were like willing to check them out. And we said, okay, it's going to be one of these three, we're going to visit all of them and see what's up. And then 20 minutes after we got settled into our dorm and we like signed our papers, like, hey, everything looks good. Uh, our RA stopped by, Christian Berry, and was like, hey, you guys Christians? We said, yes. I go to City Light U, you guys should come to a grill out in Elmwood tonight. So we went to Elmwood, heard the gospel preached, and we were like, okay, this is it. Like, this is, this is like where getting plugged into yeah. we didn't even check out the other ministries because so it was just cool. like this is like where god wanted us so cool yeah married to rochelle so sweet absolutely love it uh been married for coming up on nine months which is yeah that for as i hear the first year is just like goes by so quickly and everything but it's been such a joy so much fun uh actually our connection for how we've like become f- you and i have become mm-hmm. friends was like yeah you knew rochelle yeah. and then that's been helpful yeah Okay, tell us about when you came to know and follow Jesus. So my testimony is like weird. Uh, So sometimes I say seven years old, and then sometimes I say the seventh grade. Mm. So grew up, my parents are both Christians, and they told me about God, and we had conversations about Christianity and stuff like that. And I remember like my first conversation with my dad, four years old, sitting on his lap, and he was telling me how God was real, that God was like everywhere. And I was like, is God this cup? And you know, a little bit like a pantheist for like a hot second uh, and being like, okay, God is everything. My dad was like, no, no, no. So I remember like one of my like first memories, like a very sweet memory of my dad, like walking with me about like who God is, which is so sweet. Wow. And I remember being in the car with my mom when I was seven years old and she asked me the question, uh, do you like, we're talking about church and stuff like that. And she was like, do you want to go to heaven when you die? And like any seven-year-old. I don't think many seven-year-olds are going to look at their mom or their dad <laughs> if they've like grown up and heard things about them and be like, no, mom, I want to go to hell. Like that's not like, <laughs> that's not the response that you would actually, like you would ever get. Yeah. And so of course I'm going to say like, yes. So I said a prayer with my mom, met up with a pastor. I was able to articulate the gospel that like wow. Jesus died for me. I want to live for him. And I got baptized shortly afterwards. Cool. And so I grew up with a 
like Christian moral background. Mm-hmm. And so like growing up, I know that was like different from like a lot of the friends that I chose that they were like, oh, Jake, you don't swear or Jake, you're just like a goody two shoes and you won't sin with us or stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I know that there's something different about me, but I don't, but like what I question is like, okay, was actually like me just being morally different or like from my background mm-hmm. or did I actually have like a love for Jesus and that propelled me to live my life differently. And so when I got to middle school, I heard about a pop-up Sunday at our church, which was like all the grades pop up a year. And I walk into the youth group and there's this guy there wearing a leather jacket with a gallon of grape juice with him. And I was like, <laughs> who is this dude? And he's a youth pastor. And his name is Nick Bank, and he wore a leather jacket, uh, and he drank a gallon of grape juice all the time because he was in a heavy rock band, and he drank grape juice to coat his throat all the time so Mm. he could actually, like, continue yelling. Wow. And I'm, like, as a a seventh grader, I'm looking at my youth pastor, I'm like, you are so cool. (laughs) I want to hang out with you. Went to youth group. They had an eight-foot diameter ball like this giant red ball and we played like soccer with it and like people went to the hospital and people got injured all the time you had to sign a waiver and I was just like it was like so cool so yeah. that was like a moment of like man I want to be a part of this community yeah and I remember that October Nick preached about heaven and hell and how like okay Jesus died for you how's your life actually look different mm. and I just remember like sitting there being like man I've never shared the gospel with anyone else. I'm never like, like, I'm not actually living for Jesus. I'm be- just being like a good person in this mm. season. And so I don't know if that was like the moment where it was like, okay, Jesus, you've been savior and now you're Lord. So I don't know if that was yeah. like the moment I like gave my, gave my life to the Lord and like I actually experienced like that heart change Yeah. or if I'd been just different and my sanctification was like a slow process. Yeah. So it, wow. either seven or seventh grade, somewhere in between there. That's amazing. What does following Jesus in the day to day look like for you? It's weird with ministry because yeah. I feel like it's like it's so much like a part of my job and everything that I do mm-hmm. that I can't read my Bible. Why? Because it's like my job. Yeah. I'm evangelizing to college students, discipling college students. Why? Because that's what I get paid for to do and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I think like ultimately like it's like if I say like, OK, what, is, what does it mean to like follow Jesus is to, to know the gospel, to know him, to have a relationship with him and then do my best to make an impact for the kingdom as I like abide with him and walk with him. And so daily basis. um, Yeah. Sharing the gospel everywhere I go, making more connections, trying to be inclusive to invite people into the church Mm. and yeah. Counseling. I mean, there's just like, there's a thousand different things that like embody that. But yeah. Have you found that you have to like have, I don't know if like a heart check or checks like, okay, Lord, am I resting in you? You know, or am I, doing my job which obviously like you said they intertwine but yeah what, what does that look like yeah, yeah it's so it's hard because it's like okay i can spend if i'm like prepping a sermon okay i just spent like a whole entire day at chick-fil-a yeah. drinking their coffee which is actually not that bad Amazing. and drink coffee at chick-fil-a all day and i just like spent seven eight hours like walking through this text yeah and now i'm gonna go home i mean did i actually like spend time in the word like on my own like without that yeah but then at the same time i also feel like so like close to the lord yeah. because i'm like I just studied his word like in like intensely yeah. and Doesn't I feel like void. wrecks my heart, yeah. like meets me there. I feel convicted over my sin. And so I'm actually like in a season of like wrestling through, okay, what does that look like on a normal basis? Mm-hmm. I think like my question would just be like, as I like check my heart in that, okay, what what is the reason why I do this? But am I doing this because it's simply my job or am I doing this because I do actually have a delight in Jesus? Yeah. Okay. What is one habit you've cultivated that has changed your life? So I think there's two that have stuck out to me. So the first one is literally, so 
getting people's numbers whenever you meet them. Like mm. I feel like that's like I feel like that's like a small thing. Cool. But so like you meet someone new and like wherever they're at, like if we have like a Christian mindset of like, okay, like connecting with people, like building relationships with them, it's so easy for us to like meet someone and then you don't get their number. You never talk to them ever again. Yeah. And then there's just like, there's no like bridge for you to actually like continue building a relationship mm-hmm. with them going forward. And so I think like two reasons for that. One, making a habit of like getting everyone's number that like you meet. It sounds like appropriate. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, if you like barely know someone it might be a little bit weird sometimes, but uh, like gain someone's number like consistently, gain people's numbers consistently allows you to just like, okay, I have them in my phone. I can text them. Mm-hmm. If I want to invite them to my city group, if I want to invite them to church or anything like that, yeah. I now have their number. So that's like now a possibility. Yeah. I don't know how many times like with ministry, just like in general, where it's like, hey, I introduced like two people to each other and they're like, oh my gosh, I had so much fun talking to them. And it's like, okay, are you guys going to hang out sometime? And they're like, oh, maybe if I see them again. And it's like, well, did you get their number? No, I didn't. And it's like, okay, we have to like, that's yeah. like a bridge, like mm, build. Yeah. And then also just like knowing people, like I think that just like have being able, being having the options, like have that bridge is like so helpful. Yeah. Because you like never know what the Lord's going to do or yeah. inviting people into stuff, all, all yeah. those things. That's, I feel like I've never heard of that habit. Like I'm encouraged by that, you know, like get someone's number. If you meet them, which is scary, you know, we're such a, oh, well, if I, maybe I'll find them on Instagram, maybe we'll follow each other, but maybe we won't, we probably won't even like reconnect. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I just run into them when in reality, yeah, you've probably, especially with PC3, getting numbers and being intentional because people actually want that without saying it. They want, oh, you to reach out and invite them. Right. Yeah. It's better. So one thing, like one of our qualities that we've like, had at PC3 is we'd rather be overbearing than underbearing. Mm, and so yeah. like thinking about like a context of like, okay, someone's in my church, someone's coming to church, someone's coming to my youth group, my college ministry, whatever it is, there's a reason why they're there. Like they're not coming mm. because it's like, I'm coming to this and I don't want to have any part of it. Like that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like they're coming for a reason, whether yeah. that's, okay, I'm interested in this Jesus thing. I'm looking for community, something like that. And so rather than like where people can say like, man, I went to church, no one talked to me and they leave. Like how many stories do you hear about that? Yeah. How many times do you hear people say, yeah, I went and people are so loving and kind. It was annoying. Like I just don't, I didn't want to be a part of it. Like yeah. that's never like what you hear. Yeah. And so if you're meeting someone like, it's actually like loving to be like, oh my gosh, I'd love to hang out with you sometime. Oh my, can I get your number so we can text sometime? I want to invite you to the next thing. People are not just like, people want to feel loved mm-hmm. and they never feel loved when you like don't pursue them. And if they feel weird or awkward, that's usually not the case. You pull yeah. out your phone. Hey, let me just snag your number. Super casual. Yeah. And if they don't want to text you, they just don't text you back. Yeah. And you're good to go. And I feel like it's also humbling to be the person the, the Lord uses it at least to humble me to be the person that, you know, you might be, you might be annoying them. You yeah. might be, but obviously if they don't text back, then you stop. And there's been a few cases I can think of like four years ago, like a specific case that I was like, oh my gosh, I just felt the Lord continue to impress upon me. Like, no, keep yeah. inviting this person, keep reaching out to this person. I'm like, oh, but I feel like I'm annoying. And that's like, maybe that's just a thing in me. That's the last thing I would ever want to be, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so the Lord's like, humble yourself and just obey me and keep loving this person without expectation or without being afraid. They might think you're annoying, but you're not out for their approval. You're out for yeah, their absolutely. salvation, for, yeah, yeah. For, for me, for me to job them. Especially like non-Christians, if you don't know where someone's at, 
like what are we risking when we don't like pursue people well mm-hmm. is that it's not just like okay i i don't want them to think i'm awkward so they think that this person who they're probably never gonna hang out with again oh yeah that person was like normal like and they weren't annoying like compared to if we like want to win people over <laughs> for like the kingdom of god and yeah. like hell is on the line heaven's on the line like it's so much better for us to like bark up the tree to be like man i want to see you come to know jesus if i don't know where you're at or at least help you in that like path yeah and so like we feel awkward so we don't do it yeah but then like when we weigh that against like oh man that person what's on the line could die someday yeah and they're either going to heaven or hell for eternity yeah there's a weight to that I'm okay with people thinking I'm an awkward person or, or annoying. I'm overbearing or I'm annoying. Yeah. Cause honestly it doesn't, it's it not doesn't going to affect me on a day to day basis yeah. at all, but there, what could come out of it is eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Uh, that's, that's encouraging. I'm going to start asking people for their number. Cause also something that I've been slight tangent, something that I've been struggling with or something that the Lord's been graciously showing me is I self protect in my sin, I self-protect. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give them my number or me have their number because I self-protect, right? Mm-hmm. I, oh, I don't want to, yeah, let them too close to me, too close. I'm not sure yet, and the yeah, Lord has to sure. remind me of the gospel in those moments. Hey, did I self-protect myself from you when yeah. I, uh, when I moved towards you to die on the cross for you? Yeah, no, for sure. You, I didn't self-protect. You don't get to, you don't have to worry about what's next. Oh my gosh, do I need to self-protect? No, I'm going to guide you and you're going to love these people as you love yourself that yeah. I've commanded you. Stop Absolutely. self-protecting, but it's hard. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so there's definitely like wisdom in that. Yes, for yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Totally. Like navigating like those different boundaries and everything like yeah. it. But so many of our uh, like defenses that we've yes. learned to like live through life, like talking about Enneagram stuff or things yeah, like yeah. that. Like we've done it because we've learned lessons mm-hmm. and that's like the reason why we, it, the way we protect ourselves in all those different ways. Yeah. But when we like reach, when we like connect with the Lord and we realize the gospel of like what yeah. God has done for us and we realize, okay, he's sufficient, he's enough and he's all I need. Yep. That changes the way we like pursue those things yeah. and look at things. Totally. And so we feel like, okay, I need to defend myself. I need to have my walls up like all the time. And it's like, whoa, wait, Jesus actively let his walls down. Yeah. The God of the universe submit himself to come down to the earth to be killed by his creation. Yeah. And then we're like, oh man, I'm afraid of someone like, yeah. not liking me. I'm yeah. afraid of like, so it's just like, man, when we like reflect on the gospel, that changes the way we like yeah. navigate or the way that we view people or we give ourselves up yeah. to them. One hundred percent. Was there another habit, or was were those? Yeah, two? yeah. Okay. So the the, other one? the second one is just like so. I'm working through Sabbath. Mm. So I did two years of college ministry at Christ Community Church. So mm-hmm. dipped out of Providence for a little bit. Went to ministry over there, and had a very rough season of just like super lot, lots of busyness in the midst mm-hmm. of everything. And during my, it was like my second year. I started incorporating. Okay, what does it actually look like to have a Sabbath? What does it look like for me to have a day of not like pursuit, like not pursuing college students or having like healthy boundaries and those things. And that has been like so restful for me where I feel like I'm able to do more during the week mm. and being able to like actually take rest and like regen, like regenerate my soul um, as I like abide with the Lord, as I just like do things like give my soul joy. Mm. And that's been just huge for my walk with the Lord. What has Sabbath? What does that look like for you? So Go to the chiropractor in the morning, oh, get some praise, adjustments. Praise be. Uh, working out, taking care of my body because oftentimes during the week I don't feel like I have enough time for it. And then go to Green Belly and get a super fit sandwich. Love it's it. so good. Okay. So good. Um, on flatbread, Parmesan potatoes on the side. Incredible. Okay. Uh, then I've got a huddle with um, 
three other dudes that do uh, ministry as well. Actually, we're all like doing college ministry. Describe now. what a huddle is. Someone might, I mean, oh, we, yeah, yeah. we call it a huddle. Mm-hmm. We know what it is. Yeah. So hanging out with uh, three other Christian dudes, uh, my friends, Travis Colt and then Steve Sarmiento. Uh, and so we get together and we just like talk about life, confess sin with each other, mm-hmm. um, just share like highs and lows about what's going on. And just because we have like other ministry contexts where we go through like Bible studies and things like that, yeah. we get together and it's just like whatever comes up, whatever pops up, like yeah. we're just going to start discussing it. So a lot cool. of times it's like us just like sharing, here's what I'm thinking through in life. Here's what yeah. like's going on. And we just laugh with each other and super joyful. And that's like really good for my soul. Mm-hmm. And then I go home. This is super nerdy. I might lose some listeners here, but <laughs> I go home and I watch, uh, I watch people play D&D on YouTube. I was wondering when D&D was going to oh, come 100%. up. I love it. Yeah, we need to have you guys over for another round sometime. <laughs> uh, it was so much fun. Wait, say what D&D is, because I didn't know what it was till you told yeah, me yeah. what the Ds meant. Dungeons and Dragons. It so it's, it's a tabletop game, not a board game, not a video game, but essentially, like, you have some dice, you have some rules for, like, and then one person, like, just, like, talks and, like, describes a world, and then mm-hmm. everyone else, like, says, like, what they want to do, and they roll dice to see how successful they are. Yeah. So, so, like, for years, I think it was, like, Maddie, you and your group, you wake up in the city of Glimmerberg and you guys yeah. are monster hunters. What do you want to do? And yeah. then, then you, you just, just like go. It. Like there's yeah. nothing in front of you. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, super nerdy. But I love it. Yeah, I love so like the voice it. acting, world building, like all those things. Like, uh, my what Enneagram. was my character name? Do you remember? I don't remember. Uh, you had a boss Was it accent, Sassy? Though. No. Something like that. Maggie. Uh, oh, Sassy McGee. Sassy McGee. Yeah, I had yeah, a Boston sure. accent. I was Sassy. Yes, yep. there it is. Yep, Jake convinced us so to come good. play D&D with a few of our other friends. And it was so fun to tap into Jake's world. He's so good at all of that. It was another world. I, I had never experienced anything like yeah. it. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's so alien. And then your husband like killed it. Yeah, like, yeah. You guys went down to the docks and convinced a fisherman oh, that there's legal in. obligations that he had in a different <laughs> city across the continent <laughs> and got this guy to give you his boat and you guys sold the boat and you were like, okay, we're rich. <laughs> All right, we're not going to do anything with this. And you spent two hours doing that. And that's just like, it was just like so goofy, yeah. so fun. Yeah. Like shared common experiences. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's like so what you go watch, looks like. you watch that on YouTube? Yeah. What do you watch? Okay. On YouTube, Critical Role. Um, and okay. it's just, and just, that brings like, you joy. You it. love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love seeing like the stories as they like play out mm-hmm. and it's all like voice actors. Like, okay. Yeah. So they're like really good at what they do, but it's super fun. Cool. So like a Sabbath of like, and spending time with the Lord, reading, listening to, yeah. um, as I'm working out, I listen to, uh, like lectures from like colleges. Um, right now I'm doing like it's biblical counseling. Cool. Um, so I'm listening to lectures on like, how do I counsel people? And cool. that's like actually good for my heart as they like counsels me as I'm like Seriously. walking through this stuff. So wow. it's been good. That's amazing. And I think so many people we have in our heads that a Sabbath is just laying there or sitting there and like not doing anything. And that's just so not the case. You know, Sabbath is enjoying God and also and by enjoying things that he's put in your life that he's allowed you to enjoy, you know, 100 percent. It's so good. Any new habits you're currently trying to cultivate or long to cultivate in the future? (sighs) Okay. A lot in the, at the moment. So, yeah, trying to – I noticed that, like, I'm so dependent on my phone all the time. And so trying to, like, staff meetings at work, hey, I'm going to leave my phone in the office, like, before I go into this meeting. 
mm-hmm. like mentor meetings or when we get our staff together on Mondays. If my phone and my laptop are not needed, I'm not going to bring them with me. Yeah. And then dinner table, like no phone. And mm-hmm. so Rochelle's caught me a few times. Like I'm like texting. She'll like grab my phone and like toss it onto the carpet very gently, yeah. kindly. But I'm just like, <laughs> but like I am like so used to yeah. like any moment that like I'm staying there and I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, man, I need my phone right now. Yeah. Like, and there's just like such a dependence on it. So I'm trying to break that by cool. taking like some small steps. Cool. Uh, yeah. Spending it one day with the Lord, like a, like almost like an additional Sabbath mm-hmm. once a month. And so cool. going out to, um, going out to the glass chapel in Gretna. Mm-hmm. Next one's going to be going out to Rivercrest, um, Rivercrest camp and just like spending a day, like abiding with the Lord, reading, memorizing mm-hmm. scripture, stuff like that. Cool. Uh, and yeah, just trying to cultivate getting back into book reading. Uh, cool. So got my master's degree um, through the residency program that I completed and so just cool. like kill my delight in reading books. Mm. And like for the first time, I'm like actually like reading books or like gain more, like gain excited about, man, I want to like open up this book and gain the knowledge that's a part of it. Cool. And so I'm reading a lot of Christian literature at the moment, which has been fun. Cool. What's the latest that you've read or are reading? We just started, uh, just started Sound Doctrine. Um, so I'm like a chapter into it, but it's from the nine mark series. Yeah. And so like the nine, like such easy books to read. Mm-hmm. You can read them like they're, they're so concise and because they're so concise, it's like so synthesized. that like yeah. there's so many quotes, so many lines where it's just like you read it and you're like, okay, Wha- this is like good. This is like, mm. it's the basics, but it's like so helpful in like walking through yeah. this stuff. So like, whether it's gospel, um, just finished evangel, uh, just finished, uh, discipleship, which is just like so helpful and like Who's different basics. I or that is that part remember. of the marks? Yeah. Nine? Okay. The nine all these marks are part. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it just like walks through like okay, what are the different mar- marks of a healthy church from evangelism to discipleship yes. to what do elders look like, what do missions look like, corporate worship, and so mm-hmm. that's been good and just like edifying for me. It's like read through like okay, where are the basics and like what does this stuff look like? Yeah. And that's been really fun. So cool. I think uh, one of my favorite books is What is the Gospel yes. by Greg Gilbert. That's so part helpful. of the mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like tell everyone I know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you've probably heard me say it multiple times, yeah. but that book's so good. So that's a part of, if you've gotten it, that small book, that's what all of them are like. The yes, small, absolutely. short and concise. Yeah, so good. Love it. Okay, so you are passionate about missiology, doxology, theology, yeah, and how that forms us. I'm not sure I've ever heard those specific three words all together. And is that a specific order? Please tell us all about it. Take us yeah. back to the basics and then how it forms us. For sure. So I think as I like look at the church, I think it's really easy for us to have like a one lens view of like what my walk with God looks like. So like you might have someone who is like, man, they read books like crazy and they read all this Christian literature. They're mm-hmm. diving into stuff and they just have like a like they have a huge knowledge of God. But then, like, they've never shared the gospel with, like, any of their neighbors before. Sometimes you have people who are like, man, and I think this is, like, where I, like, struggle the most is, like, they're living so passionately on mission. But, like, okay, are they actually, like, abiding with the Lord? Do they have, like, a a love Mm. for the Lord and a delight for the Lord? And sometimes you have people who, like, who know barely anything about God. And they're going out and they're like, guys, the best thing that's ever happened. They're telling everyone around them. And then the second they get, like, a theological question, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. And they're not able to, like, actually, like, back up their beliefs in different ways. And so... uh. So this is like a tool that I've used a lot of times, like whenever I disciple someone, one of the first things I pull out is sort of like, yeah, it's a triangle that I draw. So draw a triangle out and then three different, the three points are theology, doxology, and missiology. And I ask my students the question or young adults the question, okay, if you, if someone had two of these three qualities, but they're missing the last one, 
what would that look like? Hmm. So if someone has theology and doxology, but they're lacking in missiology. So the theology, they have a knowledge of who God is. Doxology, they're abiding with the Lord. They're worshiping him. They love him. But you don't see like any fruit coming out of their life. Missiology would be the fruit. Missiology would be living on mission. Missiology would be living on mission. What, how would you like describe that person and like do it? And so we like walk through the triangle and I had a mm. student uh, not too long ago who was like, this is like the Wizard of Oz. And I was like, whoa, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> and wait, wait, wait. so I just like did not see it coming. But so like Dorothy has three friends that she is like traveling with. We've got uh, the Tin Man, we've got the Lion and we have the Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing the Wizard of Oz in a long time. So Neither. if I butcher their names, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, any Wizard of Oz lovers out there, like my wife. <laughs> Shout out. Um, Shout out, Ro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the lion, like, what is he missing? He's missing courage. He's missing. He's missing like the the confidence to be able to like pursue. The Tin Man is missing a heart, and the Scarecrow is missing a brain. And so, like, as you like see them on their adventure, you see like these different points of like weakness. Where like, hey, do you know the answer to this? And it's like, no, no, I don't have a brain. Like, I'm not able to do anything right now. Mm. Okay, you don't have a heart. You don't have compassion for like the people around you. Okay, courage. The lion is like scared of like any threat that like mm. comes like comes across it and whatnot. And so, like, so you think about that. A lot of times, we as Christians, when Depending on like how we've been formed, I think especially like if we've like converted, like the things that were like valued or like cared about, like we sometimes have like these focuses on like maybe like two of the three and then we're like drastically missing one. But we feel like, oh, as long as I've got these other two or this other one, I'm like good to go as I like walk forward. Mm. So like someone, like as we think through that, um, there's like issues when we don't like have like a complete view of those three things in our lives. Someone goes, man, I love God. And I like know so much. I love saying the scriptures, all these things. And they're not living out missionally. Like that's like a disobedience. Like, do you actually have courage? Do you know that God is actually mm-hmm. with you and able to give you the confidence? Like, okay, you you love Jesus. You say, man, this is the, he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. You have a knowledge of the scriptures. You know how someone gets saved. And then you don't have like compassion for like other people around you. It's like, go share the gospel to evangelize, mm-hmm. raising up others in discipleship. Like there's something missing there that like does not make sense. Yeah. Uh, when someone, yeah, going going out, they're super passionate, sharing the gospel wherever they go. The missiology. Uh, missiology. Yeah. And then they they like love God and like they're just like so joyful everywhere they go. The doxology. But they're not actually trying to like grow in their knowledge of who God is. And they're just like, man, God's great, but I don't really know why. Like there's a disconnect that is like there. They're like, mm. you say like God is great and you want everyone to know him. Why don't you actually want to get to know him yourself and like mm. abiding with him and growing that knowledge, yeah. a knowledge of who he is. Um, and then someone is like, okay, has a knowledge of God, reading the scriptures, understanding like different doctrines, things like that. And then they're going and sharing it with other people. But then their heart is like away from the Lord. Mm. Like, what are you calling people into and why, what's motivating you? Like, why are you being a part of this? Mm. Which then you start looking like the tin man who like doesn't have a heart for God and like God doesn't want us to just be like robots, like walking through life. Yeah. He wants our hearts like in, yeah. the, in the midst of that. And so, you know, just like growing this passion of, okay, what are my people like lacking? Who am I like mentoring? Who am I walking with? Mm. Is, how do I like check my heart in things? Okay. I feel like I'm growing my knowledge of like who God is. I feel like I see like evidence of evangelism, discipleship and serving like in my life, but my heart's mm. like far away. What's the disconnect of like what's there? Mm. So then, like walking through like, okay, what does the Bible say about these different topics? So. Okay, I'm doing a lot for God. I know what God wants of me and I'm not like abiding with him. Okay, I look like a Mary versus a Martha. We're like mm, in the scriptures. Mary, yeah. yeah. Martha, Martha is working. Jesus comes into their home. Martha's doing the dishes, preparing food, all these things, doing a lot for Jesus. And then Mary is listening to Jesus' teaching. And Martha yells out to Mary, hey, Mary, or yells out to Jesus, Jesus, send Mary to me because she needs to be helpful right now. And Jesus is like, Martha, 
like, don't you see that Mary is actually doing the better thing? But like, mm. Jesus, first and foremost, is looking for us to abide with him and give mm. a heart for him and loving him well before we actually do other things for him. Mm. He wants our a relationship with us. He doesn't want us to be, he doesn't want to be some CEO that's so demanding for us to like go live our lives like far away. He actually wants to be close to his people and he wants our hearts like first and foremost in everything that we do. Mm. And so that like convicts me. Yeah. Like, I see my life being like, oh man, gosh. I do all these things for, things for God. But is my heart actually like drawn to him? And how do I view God? Is he a CEO in my life or is he actually my father? Is he actually my brother? Is he actually my friend? And do I enjoy delaying in him like through his processes? Mm. And so wherever it is, like as I use that triangle, there's like so many things of like, hey, like the Bible is literally given to us to show us like how to know God. Mm. He's not calling for like he wants you to know who he is, his character. That's why the Bible is there to allow you to know him. And when we like don't value that, but yet we tell everyone else that he's the most amazing thing, but we don't actually know who he is. There's problems there. There's issues in it. Yeah. And then to know God and to say, I love him, but then we're not actually spraying that, sharing that with other people. Like there's an issue there. Yeah. Like, it's like, like think about like my wedding, uh, like it was like a, a chance um, for me and Rochelle to like get married to each other. And like we wear wedding rings to like show other people like what's going on. And so it's like, okay, I know Rochelle. I love her, but I want to wear a wedding ring because I want other people to know that like I love Rochelle. And it's like, hmm. wait, 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 what? Like if someone were yeah. to get married and they're not like wearing that wedding ring, if they're not like going through that process of like, I want to tell the whole entire world about like what's going on in my life or I love my wife and things like that. People are going to look at me and be like, do you actually love your wife? Yeah. Like, why are you hmm. shameful? Like, what's going on? Yeah. It's like when we don't evangelize, when we don't disciple, we're not living on mission for God. Mm. That like makes us question, okay, do you actually know him? Do you actually yeah. love him with everything yeah. that you're doing? That is so helpful. Oh my goodness. I'll have to have you drop the triangle or make a little graphic 100%. to share with people so that they can see it. It reminds me of, I feel like I'm probably similar to you. I, the theology, I, I know I want to know about God and study about him yeah, yeah. and I'll share. And yeah, I need to be always checking my heart. Okay, Lord, am I resting? Am I sitting with you? Am I just delighting in you? For sure. And I feel like he really convicted me a couple years ago with, in Luke where he says, they prophesy in my name. Many will get to heaven and say, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy 100%. in your name? Did mm-hmm. I not cast out demons in your name? And I'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Yes. And yeah. that just like rocked me. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, Lord. And I, and I talk about this um, like friendship analogy that I can, so say me and Jake, we, you and I just met and I could, I may think you're amazing and I tell everyone about you, Jake, yeah. but unless I spend time with you, you and I aren't best friends. We don't know each other. You For know sure. your best friend by all the time you spend, even without talking, you're just together time and you're being with them. And then you're learning about them through conversation, listening and talking. But if I'm just, no matter how much I tell all these people over here about yeah. Jake, I actually don't know Jake yeah. and have a relationship with him unless I'm spending time with him. And that is always ringing in my head. The, the Lord like convicting me and encouraging me yeah, that's, I, I love, and he loves us about you, that you we love to talk about him and you love to grow in your knowledge. Okay, just be with me, like missing yeah, that triangle. Sure. 100%. Then, yeah, you could say, depart yeah. from me. I never Absolutely. knew you. Yeah, yeah, which is like terrifying yes, passage, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it is like, okay, what, like, what do they, what do these people think it means to like, to uh, have a relationship with God? Yeah. What are the excuses? Look at all the things that we've done. Look at all the things mm-hmm. that we've like brought to the table. Yeah. Which is like, 
a distorted gospel yes. that's like we've brought hey, nothing to the table. Why should I yeah. let you into the kingdom of heaven? Like why why should you be here? The answer is not because Jesus has saved me, lavishes grace and mercy on me, that he saved me despite anything that I've done. Literally what they're saying is Jesus, look at all the different things I've done. Yeah. And so like for us, like here on this earth, is that how we like justify like different things? Like, are we looking at, okay, I know I'm following God really well right now because of all the things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or is it, I know I'm following God really well right now because I'm receiving from him and knowing his character and like understanding that like yeah. changes my perspective on like, what does it actually mean to be a Christian? And like, what does it look like to pursue? What do I prioritize yeah. on daily life? And there's so much freedom in that so much for freedom. both of us, yeah. right? It's like, Absolutely. oh, wait. Yes, out of the overflow of me loving and being with God, I will want to learn about him, theology, and I will want to share about him. But yeah, if there, there's freedom in that, that then that overflows out of me just being with him and delighting yes, in him. Absolutely. But yeah, I love that picture that if you have two and not one, you're off. If you yeah, have- Something's missing. Yes, that's so helpful. Okay, so you just, you recently got married, well, nine months yeah. ago to the sweetest rock star human, Rochelle. Um, which leads me to another thing you're passionate about dating and how Christians should do it differently. So talk to us about that. Yeah. I feel like, especially in college ministry. So like, there's so many, like you're just in like a season of life where, okay, especially like lots of new Christians in like ministry. So many people are having conversations through that. Yeah. Just the season of life where you're questioning like, okay, am I going to get married? Who should I date? Like all those different things. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just so easy. Like the world has like portrayed like, this like this view of dating or like what it's supposed to look like and like so many conversations i met with a dude this last week who was saying like oh cohabitation like you need to live with someone uh who like he, he was talking about if i if i'm gonna get married to someone i need to live with them to like see what their life looks like i need to see like evaluate this person for like what like is this person actually someone that i want to get married to and then you see a glimpse into like what that lifestyle looks like and we read statistics on like so that's like a very common view for like i'd mm-hmm. say like a lot of yeah. even some christians have a view of uh read your bibles but uh <laughs> but like a lot of christians keeping to have or like non-christians will have and but then we actually look at the statistics and it's like 90 percent of those who cohabitate break up or get divorced Whoa. It's like, whoa, 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 there's something like so messed up there about like what like the world would convince us of like you need to do and like what things need to be like. Yeah. And then like Christians, I think like, man, to be like a light in the world, like one of the things that you can actually be so different from the rest of the people around you is to actually just like to do Dane differently in a way that's like honoring, that's like loving. We have so many things going on in our culture right now with like ghosting and like not like commitment, like all these different things, so many terrible ways of like what Dane looks like now. Mm-hmm. And for us to actually be able to do that differently, I think it speaks volumes into like, oh man, people are different. This isn't, yeah. that's what marriage is supposed to look like. That's what, that's what it looks like to actually lead someone well in yeah. a dating period where like you guys are evaluating one another for marriage. And like, that's what it looks like to be casual and fun, but also like to actually like care about the other person, like guard their heart in different ways. So it's just like something that I've like seen of like, man, what does it look like for Christians to date differently? And in that way, because when the world is like looking at dating, being like, this is messed up, this is hard. Uh, how many conversations do I have where it's just like, man, I hate dating. Dating sucks. I wish arranged marriages would come back. And like for Christians to actually do that well, I think that would just be such a beautiful testament. What do you think that looks like? Or what are a few tangible things that you feel like you've seen? Like, yeah, this is what I I have seen that I feel like biblically it looks like doing it well. Yeah, I think... So I think like in a season, like in a, in a culture of ghosting to be able to yeah. communicate like how you feel yeah. and not be afraid of that yeah. is like so helpful. Cause like, you might not marry the person you're dating. Yeah, you like, might you, not. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
But so thinking through, okay, I'm going to leave this person better than how I found them. Yeah. No matter what that. that commitment looks like, whether you get married for 80 years, I'm going to leave that person better than how I found them. Whether I go on two dates with this person, I'm going to leave them better mm. than how I found them. And so like in the I ways that. that like thinking about like, okay, loving others in the ways that I would want, would want to be treated, like navigating through things like, uh, okay, if I'm pursuing this person and when we get into a fight, what I really want to do like in this moments, and I remember like one distinct time with me and Rochelle got in a fight while we were dating and she like fighting is like, we're just going to be really quiet and not talk to each other. <laughs> uh, but like there's a moment where I wanted to like Rochelle on my location, on my phone. And I like we had we had this argument and she like leaves and mm-hmm. we were we were hanging out and I did not want I was like, man, I want her to worry about me. I want her mm-hmm. to like think through. I want her to think through the possibility that like we might be not dating tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to turn off my location for her and I'm not going to respond to her texts. And like mm-hmm. for like an hour. And mm-hmm. so then she like she gets home. She texts me and she's like, hey, where are you? Did you make it home safe? Are you okay? Are you all right? She's like worrying about me. We had this fight. Yeah. And she's like showing compassion, like yeah. kindness towards me in this moment. And I'm just like, I want her to worry. And yeah. I don't want her to like know where my heart's at like in these moments. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, that's so ungodly. That's so mm. not kind. That's not caring for her heart in any way. Hey, I'm fine. I'm mm. struggling a little bit because mm. we just had that fight. Yeah. But care about you. I love you. Mm. And I like... <laughs> Like trying to like actually come to a point of like pursuing her in the midst of like fighting where I think like that was like my natural inclination in my sin was to be I'm going to make her feel like she doesn't know where we're at. She doesn't have any stability right now in our relationship Mm -hmm. when actually what it actually looks like for me to be a godly man is to communicate where I'm at. How do I feel? And that even the midst of conflict, hey, I'm still in this and this is still the direction I want going and stuff. Cool. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I feel like uh, I'm seeing more of and i'm sure i was maybe this way too so maybe it's just always been a thing but like with young people that are following the lord when they start to actually pretty much everything you're saying when they start to maybe not be in it and they're like oh this isn't the one no you're still you're still a brother and sister in christ so you get to not just be like kind of rude and snarky and oh i'm just like done with you or like not respond like that's not godly like you get to ask the lord for wisdom and say and be a good brother or sister in Christ. Respect them, honor them, even yeah. if they're if you do not see you guys having a future. That's okay. That's yeah, absolutely. Saying, hey, yeah, communicating well rather than just all of a sudden maybe I, I know that probably my tendency when I used to when I back in dating life four score and seven years ago, ten years ago, like if I didn't like you, I just was gonna not talk to you all of a sudden or just like be kind of annoyed that you still were trying to talk to me. What? Like, no, like brothers and sisters, like honoring each other and being respectful and saying, you know, obviously there might, your friendship might change and there will be different things moving forward, but just being honest, like, Hey, I'm not seeing a future rather than just kind of being a little bit angry or annoyed. Maybe that's just me that gets that way back then. But I feel like I'm seeing that. I'm like, wait, like still love them like, and, and honor them. Yeah. Yeah. People do not have value, like, but to both guys and girls, people are not just valuable to you, like, up until you find out yeah. that you don't have, you're not going to have a relationship yeah. with them. Like, they're valuable, they're worthy of your love, they're worthy of your respect, and to, like, view people in that way, like, everyone. what are the, what are the parts of dating that suck? Okay. Or, like, if you've been in a dating relationship, if you've ever, like, man, it like, how many times do I hear people say, like, girls say, I wish guys would just, like, ask me out, or they, like, communicate, I feel like they like me, why have they not asked me out yet? And then we're like in a season of ghosting where it's like, okay, I don't like this person right now. I'm just not going to talk to him. It's like, 
Oh wait, hold on. You literally said this sucks. You want to see other people changing it. And then we're incorporating, we're doing the exact same thing. We're just doing it different yeah. than like how we might experience it. So if we're deigned to actually be done different, I feel like that could be such a good testament because there's so much suffering in it. There's yeah, so many like, trials. Yeah. It's just like totally. so many hearts getting broken. Yeah. What if we actually did it in a way that was like actually like loving, caring mm. to like care for people. I so. love that. And I love what you said, leave them better than you found them. And it made me think of what our parents always said growing up, leave the place better than you found it. Yeah, it was mine 100%. always like, mm-hmm. and I love I love that. I feel like that can be used in all of life. For sure. Absolutely. Leave them. I'm going to start thinking about that. I want to leave people better than I found them. I don't think about it that way. And I really like that. Okay. Before we get into talking about discipleship and evangelism, which you're very passionate about, what does discipleship look like in your life in the context of you being discipled? Because I feel like it kind of can get tricky when, and it's okay if like, you're like, this is tricky right now. Yeah. Because it gets tricky. I feel like as you start adulting in college yeah. ministry it's like oh here's specific people that are totally for so sure. has that been hard for you do you have someone discipling you does that look like your friendships you know yeah, yeah totally so i think that so during college got mentored by andrew mcgill love yeah. him uh miss him so much moved mm-hmm. up to minnesota yeah. uh last year and so they've been up there for a while and we've had like some visits. They did a premarital yeah. and like walking through like different areas so like fun. that. And they were, yeah, just like McGill took me when I was a freshman in college who a lot of the different lessons I've learned, like remember one of our first conversations was, hey, McGill was like, Jake, do you like any girls? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, be intentional, go ask him out. And I'm like, and I'm like, whoa, wait, what? What are you talking about? I just have a, cr- I just like this girl. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, I don't know if I want to date her or not. And he's like, Go ask her, like, take her on a date. Like, remember, like, there's so many impactful conversations mm, cool. that, like, I had early on. It was, like, I was a freshman. Um, he helped me with, like, discipline. And, like, yeah. we would, yeah, just, like, he was, like, a huge mentor for me in that season of life um, as I pursued him. So, like, it was really hard this last year. It's, like, yeah. no, they were, okay, they're not going to be in Omaha anymore. They're yeah. moving up to Minnesota. And then almost, like, a gap of, like, how can anyone, like, fill McGill's gap mm-hmm. in my life? Or this this man who walked with me for six years faithfully, yeah. disciples me, knows me super well, mm-hmm. counsel me through so many different hardships. Now they're, like, gone. How mm-hmm. do I, like, fill this gap? In, yeah. And, like, almost like a McGill will do this better. So I don't know if I can respect the person across mm-hmm. the table for me. Yeah. And so... Like, I think there's like some stuff going on in like my heart that like would make it hard for, to have that same discipleship relationship. Mm. And so, yeah, I think that what discipleship looks like now is so through like our job and through our work, like Jared and Rutten, um, yeah. our, two, our two pastors, uh, they do like encourage us, like meet up with Jared on like, a weekly basis with my co-director, Daniel, mm-hmm. and just like talk about like how college ministry is going, like what things are we navigating through. Yeah. And then... Uh, run so pers- like right now I'm pursuing uh, the ordination pathway with cool. the Christian Missionary Alliance and Rutten is currently my mentor in that capacity and so like one thing we did was a uh, a pious challenge that we just like filled out so pious uh, acronym for physical intellectual emotional spiritual and social and okay. so like essentially mm. five different categories that like embody all of like life cool. and in that process um he's just been very gentle with me which i need i don't always take criticism super well mm-hmm. uh, but he's been asking me questions like okay what do you want to see your life look like 
and reflection of Jesus? Like, how do you want to see your life change in these different areas? So the physical, okay. You want to be healthy and you want to last a long time. Okay. What does it actually look like for you to implement things like walking that process? And so he's been like checking in every once in a while, just shared a Google doc with him of like these 15 different challenges through these five different areas of cool. what kind of man do I want to be? What is like a reflection of those things and what things do I need in my life? Asking good questions, praying for me and checking checking in with me every once in a while to be like, okay, you're actually taking these steps. You said mm-hmm. you're going to work out two or three times a week. Are you actually doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, you're trying to identify what your food sensitivities are. Have you like, how's whole 30 going? Like, yeah. are you, like process with that and checking in on those things. So that mm-hmm. I'm actually like becoming more healthy in all these different areas. Like some of the things were like green nine marks by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So like, that's part of my discipleship. Cool. Uh, not having my phone at the table when I'm, at dinner yeah. or like in different conversations that's like run speaking life into me mm, and cool. just like having those challenges has been very helpful of like navigating through stuff cool i love that so talk to us about why you are passionate about discipleship and evangelism and just tell us about it yeah yeah so like there's so many there's so many commandments in scripture for like what are we called into like what does discipleship look like and so many things of like community of you cannot do these things on your own. Confess, like James 5, 16, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another so you may be healed. Galatians 6, mm-hmm. 2, uh, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Like Second uh, Thessalonians calls for us to encourage one another, build mm-hmm. one another up. You can't do those things when you're not in community with other people. So discipleship is like this idea of multiplying ourselves and becoming more like other people and other people becoming more like us as we spend time with each other. And so a lot like in discipleship, like helping one another to read the Bible, encouraging one another, inspiring one another on, challenging one another to like take steps of faith. Like that is the way that like God like builds his kingdom, like in these small Mm -hmm. ways, like brings more people into, um, brings more people into communities and then shepherds them to actually be different as they go out into the world. I think that, with the end goal, us as they as we become like each other, we're becoming like Christ. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and so like discipleship. Are we talking about so PC three praising God? A year and a half ago, when Daniel and I like took over the ministry, there was ten to like fifteen students in the ministry, and a few weeks after we started, like some even though some of those students were like, "Okay, we don't like these guys, we're gonna leave, <laughs> go to other ministries," and so we essentially started off with like five student leaders and five mm-hmm. other students in our ministry that like, yeah, are just like, "Hey, we want to be around this," yeah. and we started the college ministry in the midst of COVID yeah. 2020 uh, didn't start it, but like yeah. rebuilding some foundations yeah. as like brand new leadership, all stuff. Mm-hmm. And so navigating through that and like, we were like, okay, what are like the two wins we want to see? We want to see students discipled and growing their faith with the Lord. And we want to see students come to know Jesus. If nothing else happens, like this is the win. Mm. And so we don't want to have like a giant college ministry with just like 200 people that are part of it and not have people like actually pursuing Jesus. Mm. And we don't want to have like just like a holy huddle where like, mm. hey, you're coming together and you're being formed, but you're not actually like reaching other yeah. college students. And so those wow. are like the two goals that we established like in that process of this is what we want to see, this is what we want to do. And so as we've continued, like we saw eight students give their lives to the Lord in like our first wow. year, uh, get baptized and following the Lord. Mm. And just like we saw like life change that happened. Yeah. There. And then there's like the question of, okay, we don't want to see just like a bunch of people get saved in the midst of this, but we actually want to see them discipled and formed because they just say like, hey, I believe in Jesus. And then they're walking around and there's no like life change. Mm-hmm. Okay. We actually like, it's actually authentic. It's actually yeah. genuine. And Jesus doesn't want to have a bunch of people who barely know who he is, like yeah. the theology, docs, all those things, right? Yeah. But we actually need to train these people up to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so built them up, 
leadership team doubled from last year. So we had 10 leaders going to the school year. And now we've seen 20 salvations like throughout so this cool. like last school year. 19. We're praying for 20. Yeah, yeah. Praying for be 20. praying with us. Uh, yeah, that would be a huge prayer request that we'd see 20 salvations in this last school year. Mm-hmm. And with these 20 like new believers, okay, our ministry has grown. We were 12 a year and a half ago. Now we have like 70 students coming to PC3. Yeah. Are these students like actually being formed and are they walking mm-hmm. with the Lord like well? How do they do that? Discipleship relationships. Like someone gives their life to the Lord and then they're like isolated by themselves. It's going to be so much harder for them to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So they need others to come alongside with them. And they think about evangelism. They're like, that's disciple. You're training yeah. students on how to do evangelism. That's discipleship happening. Mm. And we don't want to have a ministry where like me, Daniel, and now Hannah, she's joined staff, yeah. are like doing all the work from ministry. We want to actually see that multiplied and see our, our student leaders doing mm. that so that eventually we would be able to multiply ourselves, multiplying, not that we're Jesus, but the good parts of what Jesus, how we see Jesus in us. Yeah, We want to see our students take, take that to heart and be able to do that so that me, Dale, and Hannah could all leave the ministry. And now our student leaders would like continue that on. Yeah. They'd be multiplied and continue that vision. So cool. The Master Plan of Evangelism is a really good book. Yeah. Uh, over just like what does like discipleship look like? And essentially walks through this idea of if you had someone who was like really good evangelist, they lead someone to Christ every three days their entire life. Um, over the course of a year, they lead about 100, 120 people to know Jesus um, over the course of a year. And we look at that and we're like, that's amazing. Praise God. And so you compare that, someone does that for 10 years or just someone does that for 25 years. You're seeing like a thousand people come to know Jesus to 2,500 people come to know Jesus. But that's a win. We need people to be saved. We need evangelism to be a part of like our walk with the Lord. In discipleship, if that one person, instead of like leading a hundred people to Christ, they led one person to Christ in a year, discipled them, walked with them. At the end of like a whole year, they would have two people come to know Jesus, two compared to a hundred, vastly different, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's 98 people less coming to know yeah. Jesus Lord and Savior. But that person trains up that second person to be able to evangelize, to disciple, essentially replicate what that person experienced in that first year. Mm. They go into year two, you multiply it, right? So mm-hmm. instead of going from one, like instead of going from a hundred people evangelized to two hundred people, what you're seeing is you're going from two people to four people. Mm-hmm. You multiply that, and the longer it goes on, the more generations that come, mm. the more that growth cool. happens. And so, like after like. 25 years after 30 years, you're seeing millions of people come to know Jesus every year. Wow. While that person who's been leading 100 people to Christ every year is at like 2,000, 3,000. Mm. Immense work through their life. But yeah. if they're not training other people to like come alongside them in discipleship. Yeah. When they pass away, when they leave that ministry, when they die, wow. they're everything dies with them. Yeah. But we were passionate about discipleship and training other people on how to be evangelists. The Christian movement explodes, goes crazy. Mm. And all of a sudden you sitting across the table from one person matters infinitely more than like wow. you lean a hundred people to Christ because the fruit that can come out of that, the faithfulness that you might see that person and like being faithful to everything a year later, you're gonna have spiritual grandchildren and wow. then spiritual great grandchildren. And that multiplies and like, cool. It makes like the individual one-on-one conversations matter mm. and so like prolific and important and like essential as they walk forward. Mm-hmm. Because if you're training people on how to do discipleship well, how to do evangelism well, that's going to make an impact that's going to last way longer than you. That doesn't die with you. Mm, that's so impactful. Wow. That's just so encouraging. And just to encourage you, like... The Lord is using you and and Daniel and now Hannah like has used you guys immensely. And it's been so sweet to see you guys do just that. So like that has been your goal and to literally get to witness these college students 
loving the Lord and following him and sharing boldly, like yeah, evangelizing, absolutely. like they're doing that. And which is inspiring to so the rest awesome. of the church, which is so cool to see the the Lord pressing it upon your guys' hearts. Hey, no, let's disciple well, not just try to grow as long and wide as we can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not that God can't do that and won't do that and that you're Absolutely. not praying for that, yeah. but just to see, yeah, the impact and now the students that truly are walking with the Lord and then inspiring the rest of the church is so cool to see. So I'm just praising yeah. God for your guys' faithful labor and the way that we get to learn from you. So thanks for yeah. sharing that. Praise God. Yeah, God builds armies. He doesn't build audiences. Ooh, cool. I love that. It's a good quote. I, love I don't know that. where it came from, but it's somewhere. Um, somewhere good. Quote Jake Peterson. Just oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, last but not least, with your passions, not not last because you're passionate about more things, but um, you are passionate about how everyone has a part to play in the church. Yes and amen. So please yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, so love personality stuff. Like, yes, could have totally come on here and talk about the any. I know all someday. Day. Yeah, someday. maybe someday, someday. Uh, Next time. Uh, yeah, just like personality tests, like knowing people, even like that evaluation of like theology, missiology, doxology. Like, cool. I want to like know people. Um, strengths finder, like individualism, is like one of my things. Of like, okay, how do I like identify people and like what role do you cool. have to play? And so, like, have a passion for that. Worked at Longhorn Steakhouse as a buster back in the day. Love it. Uh, and then like joined like the host team, and so like, it was like a team of hosts and table busters and like four or five people and like we all having like different roles like we didn't all do everything like equally but it was like okay where are our strengths at where mm. like we good at and how we like organize things like in particular ways and so like recognize like okay asking like the people okay what are you passionate about okay mm. you don't like people you work <laughs> in a restaurant okay let's would you like to bust tables rather than like doing the, like the host stand mm. and they're like oh yeah i would love that and me knowing that instead of like forcing someone to like be mm. something that they're not which could be growing and like yeah. there's there's room for that sometimes yeah. especially in the kingdom of god but like we thrived knowing each other as like a team and like knowing which of the different roles. So that's like a very small picture of like what the yeah. church is supposed to look like, right? So like Corinthians talks um, about like the body of Christ, how we all have like the hand shouldn't look at the nose and be like, oh man, the hand can't smell, the hand's worthless. No, no, you have a distinct role, mm. distinct purpose and like what this is supposed to look like. And so I think oftentimes we like either identify people with similar giftings as us and we go, okay, these are the giftings of value mm. or like we have like just specific skill sets where we're like, okay, if I'm not, if I'm not able to preach on a Sunday, that means that my role in like the kingdom doesn't matter. Mm. But I'm not able to lead like small group Bible study. If I'm like comfortable, mm. I'm not good at like asking questions and stuff. I mean, I'm just like not going to be able to make as much of an impact as like other people are. But we see like throughout the scriptures is that we're given different spiritual gifts, different purposes. Mm -hmm. And so like for the, the introvert versus the extrovert, I was talking about this. We were talking about this with some uh, college gals last night, but one girl's like, I'm an introvert. Like, I don't know if I can like lead a city group or I don't know if I can like, I'm not going to be the person to get up in front of like a group of people and like talk. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but then there's this person person next to me who absolutely could that person should be a leader and i should not mm. and we're like looking at this girl and we're like do you not see like the quiet conversations that you have do you mm. not see like like you like talking to individuals that like the extroverts like being all hyped they're surrounded by people all the time but you actually seek out like the quiet girls in the room the mm. quiet dudes in the room and like you can actually go reach them in like a different way or a particular yeah. way that like it's going to be like helpful some people walk into a city group or like a, a Bible community and there's like 40 people in the room and they're like, man, this is hype. I love to be a part of this. There's yeah. so many people for me to talk to. There's other places where, man, they walk into a room and there's five people and it's like, man, I feel so much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm not anxious for that. And like you're able to reach people like in different ways based on what your personality yeah. is and how you've been made. And then also just like, 
your spiritual gifts being used and like all these different avenues and places may not always you may not always see the fruit of it like all the time but like Mm -hmm. we have people who cook and bake like in our church yeah and whenever we see a salvation pc3 we get that person up from we celebrate them and then Mm -hmm. someone from our church like bakes and like remember we celebrated a girl two weeks ago and she was like oh my gosh this is i feel so loved i feel so celebrated and like part of that is that a woman in our church was like i will make brownies for like 80 people and that we'll never see that i'll never know yeah doesn't even know who the girl is that she's celebrating but she's like impacting and making impact like in that way Mm. and so just like knowing people everyone has a role in the kingdom everyone has like role play it's not going to look the same as the people next to you i think there's like some consistent things like okay you're called to evangelize you're called to disciple other people like those are like biblical things yeah but what that might look like is going to be different from person to person Mm. and like maybe like where you devote the most of your time to and walking through that yeah so yeah and that's really freeing too like you said we're all called to disciple and evangelize but person to person that might look different so you know, you and Daniel are might be super gifted and like literally the conversation is going to go to the gospel and you're going to evangelize this person. First time you met Absolutely. this person at the yeah. coffee shop and someone else that it might not look like that it might look like a slower build of a relationship. And then they like do get to share the gospel, sure. you know, it yeah. might look different. That's again, like freeing and encouraging a friend of mine a couple months kind of going back to how everybody's different. It's crazy how we can have this tendency to feel shame at least I can like, so the introverts are like, well, I'm not outgoing enough, so I can't lead or do this. And then like, so to show the side with like the extroverts, I feel like a friend really freed me up. This was, yeah, probably a couple months ago. And we were just talking about, again, like personality tests and actually like clothes and your style, house of color, all those fun things. And we're talking about your style and your personality, like what clothes flatter you best, all this stuff. And your personality goes into it. And she thought that maybe me and her other friend, us three were together, were maybe the same. And the other friend was like, oh, I don't, I hate being the center of attention. Mm -hmm. And she was like, my other friend that's with us and knows both, she's like, Maddie, you don't mind that. And I immediately like felt shame a little bit. I was yeah. like, well, I feel like like the more sanctified that I become, like, you know, I don't like yeah. need to be. And she's like, no, Maddie, like the Lord's gifted you in that way that you, you're fine being in front of people. You're fine. You're, you're okay with speaking or being the center of yes. attention. And I was like, so freed up in that moment. Yeah. She was like, she works at another church or volunteers heavily at another church and She's like, you'd be surprised. It's so hard to find. I'm like, hey, I need someone to go up on stage and make this announcement. And everyone's like, oh, no, I could never be yeah. on stage. And she's like, but we need pe- we need people that are sure. specifically yep. gifted. So that like freed me up a ton of like, obviously, I don't want the, the those words have a bad like center of attention. Obviously, I don't want to be the center yeah. of attention for myself. But the Lord has allowed me to be comfortable with speaking to people, being in front of people. Yeah. And that's a gift in the same way that introverts and the way that they're using their gift like you talk about that gal having the one-on-one conversations and all the other gifts that we don't even know about but it's crazy how i tried to like suppress even myself like no 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 i i don't need to do that i don't want to make it about me yeah totally i don't want to and also if i wasn't stepping into my giftings that would be disobedient too yep absolutely okay so someone is out there listening to this God willing, and maybe for the first time thinking, I want to respond to the gospel. I want to know and follow Jesus. I want him to be Lord over my life. What is a tangible next step for them? What advice might you have for them? Yeah. So I think if someone's like on the fence, like I think just like this, like exhortation comes like from Francis Chan. But like if you think through like your life and 
like following Christianity is hard. It's not easy. Like mm-hmm. there's struggle. You are literally like your life is going to be so different. Your passions are going to be different. You're allowing someone else to lord over your life rather than like the way that you've lived your life for like for decades or however mm-hmm. long it might be. So it's like terrifying. It's hard and it's going to be full of suffering and like full of like the hardship and all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, there's also some pieces of like, it's the best thing you can ever do. It's so joyful. I love walking with Jesus. It's mm-hmm. so much fun. And just like so overjoyed by like the way that he, I've had a chance to walk with him. But midst of like all the suffering or like all the trials or like, man, that like hardship of like, I'm a, I might be losing everything. My, my mm-hmm. personality might be changing. Different, like so many things are going to be different as a result of it. No matter what your life looks like, no matter how much hardship you go through, no matter how much pain you go through, 80 years from now, if you're living that long, not many of us, like no mm-hmm. matter what, if you live a hundred years here on this earth and it's full of like not what you dreamed of and like full of suffering, all those things, someday you get to be with Jesus forever and you will experience perfect peace and joy mm-hmm. and all those different things for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And the rest of eternity is nothing in comparison to the hundred years that are like here mm-hmm. and now. So I think like for the person who's like on the fence, who's like, man, I don't know if I want to follow Jesus or I don't know what this looks like. If you think about like long-term that impact, what your life is mm-hmm. going to look like. We, we're always thinking about the future and like where we want to be. Where do you want to be a hundred years from now? And like the things that, like would hold you back from pursuing Jesus or things that would like hold you back or man, my life is going to look different. I have to break up with this person, like whatever it might be, a mm-hmm. thousand different things. All of those things are not going to matter a hundred years from now because you are going to be dead. And like, yeah. you're not going to care about those things when you're like in the grave. Yeah. But if there is a God, if there's a heaven, if there's a Jesus out there and that someday you're going to have a chance to come before come before God and to enter into his presence for all eternity, whatever it was you experienced in those hundred years is going to be nothing in comparison mm-hmm. to the joy that is to come. Mm-hmm. And so I think like give up everything, like yeah. be all in, <laughs> like it's worth it. It's valuable. Even I think I would say like following Jesus is like worth it. Even here on this earth at, so, and at yeah. some points, there's full of suffering, full of like hardships, but like you get to walk with Jesus. He's comforting. He's kind. He's joyful. gives you a community, loves you. Like you experience so much goodness and all of that. Even if all of that was taken away and like following Jesus is like literally every day is full of suffering and sacrifice. And I'm not living out any of the dreams that I want to live someday for the rest of eternity. Mm. You get be with him forever. That is absolutely worth it. Mm. Amen. 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 All right. To wrap up today, we have some rapid fire questions. Keyword rapid keyword fire. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Enneagram number. Social five wing four. I love that for you because, yeah, I actually have multiple social ones, but also some that are not. I wonder, I mean, that's because it's about your motives, not your personality. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, love that. Favorite book all time? Live Like an Arnian. That's, is that by C.S. Lewis? It's not. So it's uh, written by a dude. I believe he has a, he has like a doctorate in C.S. Lewis. Like like he literally like studied like C.S. Lewis's life. That's like his like realm. But he wrote uh, books in response to, I believe it's called Becoming an Arnie. It's been a few years. But he essentially like walked through like, uh, like, the Narnia series, like this yeah, whole yeah. entire new world and all of it is like all these like analogies from like what you'd exp- like biblical analogies yeah. that are written into a story. So what he does is he literally just like walks through like all these different scenes and like like shows like what C.S. Lewis was like doing in all these different stories. And cool. there's ones that would be like more obvious, like, okay, Aslan dying for Edmund, like that's a picture of like Jesus in the gospel. Yeah. But then like all the other books, like 
remember the horse and his boy. I remember reading that and I was like, this book sucks. Like, where like my character is like, I don't enjoy it. And then he was walking through like different pictures that like C.S. Lewis was writing through that. Mm. And like, there's like a scene where uh, Sasha, I think it's been a little while. Yeah. Like Sasha's like right in the forest and he hears his voice and he hears like this loud roar. And he hears like this gentle whisper. And then he hears like a line saying like, I am like over and over. And it was like, oh man, like in that scene, C.S. Lewis was like depicting like, god like yeah. making like who he is tra- like so many beautiful things and cool. so like, i remember like reading that book uh roasting exarbon uh two Love years it. two three years back and i just like wept every single chapter because i was like man that's like such a beautiful picture that like i knew these stories yeah. i knew them don't read it if you don't know narnia because it's not very helpful okay. but it just like was so impactful for like my walk with what's the, the author's name joe rigney amazing yeah okay favorite song right now uh be gable price and friends i need you Wait, what is it? Gable Price. Uh, it's called the song's called "I Need You" okay. by Gable Price and Friends. Okay. Uh, but they're just like a uh, their their website's so funny. So Steve showed me them. Steve Sarmiento showed me them. Okay. But they're like a Christian like heavy rock band. Cool. Um, but I just like the song "I Need You." It's just like he, like he's talking about like doing ministry and stuff like that, and cool. like talking about like taking punches and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, man, I would love to be in like a music video for like this like band. Like I just love the song so cool. much. And it's like it's so cool. So. Is I'm that your it. favorite song all time too? Uh, or do you have yes. a favorite? Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm like, I'm fangirling pretty hard over I love them it. right now. I yeah. love it. Favorite food? Uh, probably pizza or this is so specific. Going to Hy-Vee and getting a meatloaf dinner with mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. Love that for you. Favorite place you've traveled? San Diego. Amazing. Favorite Bible teacher to listen to? Jonathan Bacluda or John Piper. Mm. JP, JP. I'm a JP. You're a JP. It makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Favorite podcast? Uh, Sunny. Um, <laughs> you're funny. so I'm you're sure funny. everyone has made that joke. <laughs> no, actually, they haven't, so they missed out. <laughs> you're the first. Uh, so yeah, with John Piper and Jonathan McCluda, mm-hmm. like the Desiring God podcast, mm-hmm. like really short answering questions that's like very helpful. Jonathan McCluda has done a couple, but like the Becoming Something podcast, mm-hmm. like adulting, a lot of even like those different areas, like dating, yeah. anxiety, just like very practical theology. I really appreciate like that realm with podcasts. Cool. Something not many people know about you. Uh, not many people know about D&D. I love Ultimate Frisbee. Yeah, yeah. Love it. What are you loving right now? Could loving. be anything. Aldi candles. Ooh, really? Yeah. So Aldi okay. candles are like, I don't know how like healthy or like. Yeah, non-toxic. Invi- non-toxic. Mm-hmm. All those. Probably the They're worst. They're not. The worst. <laughs> but um, like you get the candles for like $4. Okay. And then if you ever catch them, like when they're doing like a seasonal change, their candles are literally $2. Amazing. And so like PC3, we flip our offices on a weekly basis yeah. and we put 70 students inside. Literally last night, smelled like BO. Like somewhat, like it yeah. does not so smell many good. People. Especially College summer, students. everyone's going to be sweaty. Yeah. We're all like the AC cannot keep up with us. Mm-hmm. And so we started lighting candles at the beginning of like the fall semester. That's hilarious. And like two candles was like not enough. So like, I'm buying like multiple candles Stop. to like put fire hazard. It was like one vibes for sure. Oh, for to sure. A little bit of fire hazard, but but like the smell of like just like trying to cover things up. It's so helpful when you have like two dollar two dollar candles. I you love know? it. Okay, how can our friends listening today be praying for you? Yeah, so praying for that twentieth salvation PC three, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily praying for me, but that would just be very fun yeah. and very encouraging to see something like that. Uh, yeah, twenty salvations in a year. That's just like huge, and like God gets all the glory for that. Yeah, I think in this season, 
So it's a very, we're coming out of the busy season of college ministry. Mm -hmm. And just like for me to love my wife well and intentionally Mm -hmm. pursue her in this, to rest well. And it's like, take this, like this season to just like buy with the Lord, like more than I typically do because I have more capacity to do so. And yeah, drawing close to the Lord in this season um, and putting him first above everything. That'd be huge. Love it. Anything else we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? I think just like my my Instagram bio, maybe my Facebook bio right Ooh, now. What is like, it? Lay it on us. Uh, know the gospel deep and make an impact. I feel mm. like that even like embodies a lot of those different things. Yeah. So like know the gospel deep. I feel like that in what it communicates, like we use the word deep all the time in Christianity. And it's like, yeah. what, is, what do you mean by deep? Yeah. But like having a theology of like, do you know who your God is? Do you actually like have a love for him? Do you delight in him? And what are you doing to make an impact for the kingdom? Mm. But like asking those three questions, like summarizes the theology, doxology, missiology. Mm. But like for people actually like asking yourself, I love the personality stuff because it brings about like self-awareness and like understanding yourself allows you to be able to see like the ways I don't pursue God. I'm not following him. It allows yeah. you to begin taking practical steps, like make change and to like pursue mm. the Lord in different ways. So, cool. so just encourage people to know themselves not because you are the know-it-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Um, read a thing this last week that said, like, when you look at the world, you become distressed. When you look inside, you become depressed. Mm-hmm. But when you look to Jesus, you find rest. Wow. Like, powerful line. Yeah. And like that's, like, wrestle for my soul. So, like, the goal is not for us to, like, look at ourselves and, like, to be, like, the focus of it all. Yeah. But to see, like, okay, where am I seeing? Where am I not trusting Jesus? Mm-hmm. And then as you look to Jesus, God, I want to be like you and mm-hmm. be holding him, yeah. allowing your life to be sanctified in that. So mm. do you feel like you're in a season of, like, man, I don't have a desire to know, to know God, to grow my theology? My season of, like, man, I just feel like I'm distant from him. I haven't spent time with him. Or are you, do you need a question, like, okay, I haven't evangelized to anyone in, like, a while. Mm. I need to, like, be thinking through people and actually, like, take them out to coffee and start mm-hmm. sharing the gospel with them because it's, like, lacking my life yeah jake thank you so much for being here this has been such a blast as i knew it would be and i learned so much so from much you fun. this was so much fun so thanks for being here can't wait to play dnd <laughs> we'll see what a sweet conversation with jake i learned so much from him that missiology doxology theology thinking through them and how that triangle affects us i feel like that was so helpful and just so many other things that jake talked about so thank you for joining us on another episode of the sending 65 podcast if this episode was encouraging to you at all would you rate and or leave a review for the podcast would you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast i would so appreciate it Fun fact, I shared the video footage of episode 31 with Carolyn Oaks on YouTube, and you should go check it out. I linked it in the podcast information. Don't forget, if you're joining the book club, our book of the month for April is Discipline of Grace by Jerry Bridges. So go grab a book or an ebook, invite some friends in to read it with you, and start your own little book club. Lastly, my first ever monthly-ish newsletter comes out next week. You can find the link to subscribe to my emails in the episode details. And those emails also are podcast episode updates, different links to things that are mentioned in the podcast episodes, and book club stuff. So feel free to go subscribe to my emails to stay up to date with that. As always, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to reach out to maddie at sunnyand65.com. Friends, go be bold and love big, and we will see you next time.